0: On second down, they will run it and run it, they will to Sanders. Big run, he's still on his feet. Miles Sanders, it's a foot race to the 30. Can he go all the way? The answer is yes! 82-yard touchdown! Welcome to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup with your host, Andrew Skinner. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. I'm your host, Andrew Skinner. Sorry if I don't sound enthusiastic this week. As you heard in the intro, there was a Miles Sanders 82-yard touchdown run. My opponent, co Stanza, had Miles Sanders in TBLC, and those points were against me. And... Those points from Miles Sanders were part of the reason why I lost by a very small margin. I'll get into just how small that margin was now in a moment. But first, I want to start with a very humbling, uh, really from the heart opening to the show. As you guys know, I put a lot of work a lot of hard effort into running my leagues. You know, I like to think that my leagues are a little bit above the rest. You know, I don't think it's a... Not to toot my own horn, but I don't think it's coincidence that I quite literally have a wait list for all of my leagues. I have people messaging me regularly. Skinner, hey, uh if an opening comes up in TBLC, I want in. I could pick from a list of 10 guys, no joke, waiting to get into TBLC. You know, have lots of people ask about the guillotine league as well. You know, uh, had an opening in my hockey pool, filled that in about five seconds. You know, the point I'm getting at is that my leagues are a cut above the rest. You know, I, I think that I run a good ship in all my leagues. You know, I run a good, honest league. I keep it competitive in all my leagues. I talk just enough shit and stir the pot just enough that people want to keep coming back. People are involved. People are making trades. People are involved in group chats, what have you. You know, I've always felt like my leagues have been different. Then the rest, this year, I've gone above and beyond again, creating a podcast for my leagues, you know, because I really do genuinely enjoy playing fantasy sports, and I really do enjoy hosting a myriad of leagues, you know, for myself and my league mates, you know, so I really started this pod to put my leagues even further ahead of the rest, you know, but... When it comes to running those leagues, as a participant myself, I'm also very emotional. I put a lot of weight emotionally into my leagues. You know, I want to do well. I want to succeed. You know, my biggest fantasy accomplishment so far was winning TBLC in 2018. You know, TBLC has always been my baby. This is a 10-year anniversary of TBLC. You know, I love this league. It's got 12 of the most competitive guys I've ever met. You know, I as a disclaimer or as a uh, sorry to anyone waiting to get in TBLC, I truthfully don't see anyone leaving anytime soon. You know, the 12 guys in TBLC now are super competitive, super involved. It's a fucking amazing group of guys, you know. So just saying, anyone waiting to get in. Uh, don't hold your breath. But anyway, winning TBLC in 2018 was the greatest feeling. I, I literally slept in bed with the trophy next to me that night. I was so proud of winning, you know. Um, I look back on that season, how I finished whatever. Finished 9-4. My team was okay, you know. But my team got hot in the playoffs I was very fortunate to grab Damian Williams off waivers when Kareem Hunt got suspended, and that move put me over the top. You know, I also looked back at my running backs, and I had uh, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, and Derrick Henry. Wow. Sick. Three guys picked in the top five of pools now. Back then, Derrick Henry was just emerging, so he was more of a... uh, late season flyer that emerged over the back half of the year. Now uh you know he slammed on first rounder. But anyway, point is this season TBLC, I really I was really excited. I really honestly truthfully felt like this was my year. You know, I went eleven and two in the regular season. I was beating the shit out of teams every week. 50, 60, 70 plus point wins Just absolute mutilation of my opponents, you know. So, as I continued to beat up on people, I got more and more confident. And I really, truly felt like this was my year, you know. So, because I'm such an emotional guy, I really built myself up this year, you know. Now, granted, I understand that fantasy football is extremely fickle. You know, I get that more than anyone I've. I've ridden the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in fantasy football, especially. So I understand that even though I thought I had built a good team to win, it was hardly a guarantee. However, this was not a team I thought would go one and done. And I genuinely am devastated. I'm okay now. You know, it's Friday. It's not so bad now. But Wednesday, I tried to record this on Wednesday. You guys can make fun of me for this if you want. I don't care. This is me speaking right from the heart. I tried to record this on Wednesday. And I literally, I had no I had no drive. I was like, I don't want to fucking do this today. I was bummed, you know. I lost in the first fucking round in a pool that I want to win more than anything. There is no better feeling for me in fantasy than putting my name on that fucking TBLC trophy, you know, and the fact that I lost in the first round to a team that was 5-8, and fuck, you know, everything about my loss to Costanza in the first round just upset me right to my core, and I physically could not bring myself to do this podcast on Wednesday, so here I am on Friday, December the 18th, probably four beers deep now, finally worked up the courage to uh, to spit this episode out. So anyway, I apologize if I don't have the same oomph, the same, uh, you know, upboot and giver, as my buddy used to say uh, for this episode, because uh, I'm still bummed, you know. Now, granted, I've been able to pick myself up because uh, I was in six fantasy leagues this year, which is a lot for me. You know, I uh, I have enjoyed being in six leagues, but it's been a bigger commitment. But of those six leagues, I made the playoffs in uh, six leagues, which is unheard of. I've never batted a thousand on playoff appearances. You know, so expectations are very high for me in winning a championship this year. So, despite being knocked out of my baby TBLC, I am in the finals or the semifinals. I'm sorry of uh, Gary Nolan's pool, Fans of Skin, another highly decorated pool. Uh, I'm in the quarterfinals, the late quarterfinals, of Aaron Bishop's pool, Halftime Heat, which uh, inexplicably runs into Week 17. Editor's note, please, Mr. Bishop, remedy this for next year. Week 17 should not be for fantasy Sports, sir, that is no, just wrong. Let's uh, let's fix that for next year. Oh, and uh, make a PPR. Anyway, uh, I'm in the quarterfinals in that one uh, in a league that myself and my brother Aaron entered. Nova Scotia football. I'm in the semifinals in that league. In my boy Spencer Bugden's league, I'm in the semifinals in that league. You know, so despite. Being knocked out of TBLC way too fucking early. I am in the semifinals of three leagues and the quarterfinals of another league. You know, I was one and done in my other playoff league, but that league was a uh, something of a burner league for me. So I still have three semifinals and one quarterfinals to look forward to this week. So it's not all bad, you know, and plus these beers are going down really good so anyway as I'm going to get into in detail now in a moment I was knocked out of TBLC in week 1 so whoops The uh, week 4 champ, week 5 champ week 6 champ week 7 champ, week 8 champ week 9 champ, week 10 champ week 11 champ week 12 champ week 13 champ has been eliminated in the 4th in the first round because there is no such thing as a week three through 13 champ as I found out the very hard way I had a pretty candid conversation with Joel about it all and he said Skinner I really thought this was the year that you and I would meet in the finals and just have the mother of all wagers you know and uh, to be honest I did I I I didn't know, looking at the playoffs earnestly, I didn't know if it was going to be myself and Joel in the playoffs, or in the finals, rather. If I had to predict uh, finals right off the hop, I would have predicted myself and uh, Steve Power, uh, assuming that uh, Christian McCaffrey came back. So that was my initial uh, estimation, projection, for the finals, but uh, you know, it was very possible that myself and Joel made it, so I really, you know, I think he was right, I really felt, he really felt like this could have been the year for myself and him to meet in the finals and make a fucking gargantuan wager, but it was uh, not meant to be Fuck. All right, let's dive into the week that was in TBLC quarter finals week. a week which maybe suggests that changes need to happen, TBLC. Maybe the days of eight playoff teams need to come to an end. Who knows? It's definitely something that's going to come up in our off-season discussions. But for now, it is what it is. As I talked about in the intro, myself, first place, 11-2, and two, Turd Ferguson, took on the woeful Costanza, 5-8, eight, eighth place. Costanza defeated me. By score one hundred forty two point seven to one forty two point five six. A mere .14 points ahead. Zero decimal one four points was the margin of victory for Costanza. Heading into the Monday night game. I need a thirteen points for Mark Andrews. Five receptions for eighty yards would have done it. How did he do? Five receptions for 78 yards. Lamar Jackson was feeding him on the final drive to get the Ravens into field goal range. Andrews, Andrews, Andrews. Point, point, point. Racking up the yards. But he finished just two yards short of what I needed. And I lost by .14. Costanza's win was highlighted by the introductory player, Miles Sanders. 29.6 points. His high score of the year What a shock. I mentioned to the guys in the group that in my other league... In five consecutive weeks, I managed to run into a player who put up his high score of the season. And it was only a matter of time until that transferred over to TBLC. Here we are. That said, nobody else on Gary's team really stood out other than Brandon Ayuk. Had nine receptions for 119 yards for 21.9 points. So, you know, I had some big scores, too. I mean, Derrick Henry did Derrick Henry things. 37.2 points. Dalvin Cook, 19 points. DeAndre Hopkins, 22.6. You know, we both had some big scores. We both had some bad scores, too. I think what ultimately cost me this match was my decision to play the Panthers' defense. 3.64 3.64 points. They had a plus matchup coming off a bye against Denver. Who gave up the most points in the entire NFL to defenses. Was that affected by the Kendall Hinton LOL game? Yeah, maybe. Still, Drew Locke is not exactly the most responsible quarterback in the NFL. I figured the Panthers could at least put up some points on defense. But they did not... They got me 3.64 points, which I believe was the worst in the league. For context, the Browns lost 47-42, gave up 45 points on offense, and still managed to get more points than the Panthers' D. Fun fact, had I started the Browns' defense, I would have won by .06. That would have made a hell of a podcast. So, I mean, I can't hang this all on bad luck. I made some poor lineup decisions. You know, I I don't think streaming the Panthers defense was my best choice. I actually dropped the 49ers defense to pick up the Panthers defense. 49ers defense ended up with 10.4 points. Would have got me a very comfortable win. We wouldn't be having this discussion now. And you probably would have listened to this on Wednesday. So... I made some mistakes across the board. I don't regret mentioning Michael Pittman for Corey Davis. Corey Davis was a clear play in a super-plus matchup at Jacksonville. You know, other than that, my lineup was basically locked and loaded. Um, Just stars did not align for me on that day. Look at my kicker, young Wei Koo, for example. The Falcons got the ball in the final three minutes of that game. Against the Chargers twice. Once, Matt Ryan threw pick when they were in field goal range. The other time, they fumbled and turned it over. So two turnovers in the final three minutes. You know, Ku has not missed a kick in a very long time. He's been money. So, you know, they give him a field goal opportunity. Chances are he makes it. I win by a couple points. So... Just was not meant to be for me and my team, sadly. Next up, we had the second place team, No Soup For You, versus Football Team Shirt, the seventh place team. Football Team Shirt pulled out the huge upset win, 179.52 to 144.22. Football team shirt actually had the high score of the week after putting up the lowest score of the week the week prior. His high score was highlighted by Russell Wilson with 30.14 points, Mike Davis 26.3, Austin Eckler 22.6, Stefan Diggs 29.1, Travis Kelsey 27.6. It seemed like everyone for football team shirt went off. As a result of those first two matches, not one, but both of the five and eight teams that made the playoffs, the eighth place Costanza and seventh place football team shirt have moved on to the semifinals. In the third play or third place, then the third ranked team, Skinner tattoo took on sixth ranked team team dinner and Guy the Skinner tattoo pulled out the win 153.96 to 136.74. As a note, Team Dinner's 136.74 was the lowest score of the week among the playoff teams. And finally, the 4 versus 5 matchup. 4 verticals versus Baby Shark. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Baby Shark pulled out the win by 20 points. 169.62 to 149.1. So, the playoff matchups for the semifinals, as a result of those outcomes, are Co Stanza, eighth place team versus Baby Chuck, to do, to do, to do, fifth place team. And then we've got third place guy with the Skinner tattoo versus seventh place football team shirt. So two versus seven, five versus eight. I found it interesting that this was not a premise for reseeding the teams, but I guess the brackets were all predetermined. Maybe something else to bring up for next year would be playoff reseeding. Uh, from what I gather what I've read, I believe that it is possible to reseed teams in the playoffs. So it's something we can implement next year. Just uh, another thing to bring up. In the offseason. So. Since it is Friday. Might as well get into. Players effective from the Thursday night game. Costanza has the early. 20.4. Lead. Uh, sorry. He has 20.4. Baby Chuck to do. To do is 2.6. Costanza had a huge game from Josh Jacobs. And. Baby Chuck to do to do had dud game from and Allen. So early advantage to co-stanza. Then we've got football team shirt up 11.9 to zero versus guy with Skinner tattoo. Got the Skinner tattoo. Didn't have any players playing on Thursday and is still projected to win. Football Team Shark got 11.9 points out of Austin Eckler, who had mostly an underwhelming game, but it could have been salvaged had he have found the end zone. However, a short touchdown was vultured by Kalen Balage. So, there you have it. Quarterfinals results for TBLC. My heart is, in fact, still broken and will likely remain broken. If my team goes on to put up huge scores in the next couple weeks, I pray to God at some point my team shits a bit over the next two weeks because if I would have gone on to win had I defeated Costanza, you know, based on my scores in the next two weeks, I will slip into a very deep, dark place. Let's hope that does not happen. All right, let's move on to something a little more entertaining, shall we? Shirt of the Week. All right, it is indeed shirt time. Our first ever playoff shirt here at the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. And who else could I select? This one's easy. I'm just going to dunk on myself in this one, considering I did lose by .14 points. Shirt of the Week was an easy pick for me. And that man is no other than Falcons running back Todd Gurley. Six carries for 19 yards to go with two receptions for 12 yards. A paltry 5.1 points. Gurley's fall from grace has been basically a free fall. Earlier this season, he was scoring touchdowns left, right, and center. His yardage totals were fairly low, but he was scoring at a regular pace. However, the scoring has all but dried up now as he is a shadow of his former 2017 Offensive Player of the Year self. The matchup versus the Chargers was a plus matchup. Gurley did absolutely nothing with his touches. He did so little with his opportunities, in fact, that he only touched the ball once in the second half. Fitting that I should make Gurley the shirt after all the controversy surrounding my acquisition of Gurley. Then again, had I not traded... For him, Gary's team would have blown me out of the water rather than rip my heart out by a measly decimal 1-4 points. So, I don't know what I prefer, to be honest. Would I prefer that agonizing heartbreak coming down to the final drive on a Monday night? Would I rather just be blown out of the water by 7 p.m. on a Sunday? I don't know. In any event, Todd Gurley, your Shirt of the Week. All right, let's move along to the Guillotine League, Decapitation Nation. Talk about what went down there last week. Last week, we had... The executioner, Cam, come out on top with 191.7. Very close to the 200-point mark. Well done, sir. And it was Victorious Secret with 165.52. And finally, 2018 All-Star Sean, 145.84. A huge congrats goes out to the three of you guys and Gal for making the money in the inaugural version of Decapitation Nation. Just unbelievable accomplishment to make it this far. I think that maybe for next year, just based on the fact that this pool is so incredibly difficult. Maybe we can pay out a few more places next year, like five places or something. That's something we can talk about in the offseason. But in any event, congratulations to the three of you folks for making the top three. The payouts for the three of you will be as follows. The winner overall, whoever finishes first will get $200. Second place will get $100. Third place, we'll get $40. The man, however, that will not be collecting any money, sadly, our bubble boy, my fellow Gander brethren, Mr. Cameron Sparks. He finished in fourth place by being knocked out last week. Sadly, he only managed to put up 133.62 points. At one point, that would have been the high score of the week. But with only four teams left, a score like that left him at the bottom. Uh, He didn't really have anyone shit the bed. I guess at this point, shitting the bed is getting less than 10 points. In which case, you point out Justin Jefferson, who only had 9.9. Aaron Jones, who had 9.5. His kicker, maybe? 6.5? Not great. So he had some big games from David Montgomery. You know, an okay game from Justin Herbert. Pretty good game from T.J. Hawkinson. Austin Eckler had a big game. So, there were some scores there. Just, unfortunately, it was not enough to remain in the pool. So, excellent season, sir. You Played very well. You know, it was cool. Uh, Going to hockey with you every week and talking about your team and your thoughts on the pool and whatnot. You know, I felt like I was living a bit vicariously through you because I was knocked out of this pool so early. So, cheers on the great run. Sad that you had to bubble. But I think you'll be one of the teams in at the end next year. Speaking of next year, someone suggested that i do not one but two guillotine pools next year and even though for me that would be literally double the work you know i'd have to run two of these pools whatever you know everything that's involved with locking teams running two pools whatever it would be an extra workload in my lap however I love the idea, to be perfectly honest. It's a great pool. And for someone like myself, who got knocked out pretty early, I'm just not involved. You know? So I think that the idea of two pools is phenomenal. You know? I can run the draft simultaneously. With 17 people, you really could draft them both at the same time. Just have them both open on your phone or your tablet or your computer or whatever draft them simultaneously. I mean the chances of you being knocked out of both pools early is pretty slim. So if you got knocked out of one you could focus on the other or maybe see if you're a total legend and make a deep run in both. I don't know. But I certainly like the idea of doubling down on the Guillotine League next year and running two concurrently with the same seventeen people. Again, this will be something that I'll we will discuss in detail over the off season, but I do very much like the idea of running two of these pools. Moving on now to the final three players, I need to make a prediction of who's gonna go down this week. Again, as we've had the Thursday game already, I'm able to look at what's gone down so far and see who is or is not affected. I can see that Miss Megan, Victoria's Secret, she rolled out Austin Eckler, who didn't have a great game, 11.9. And at this point, that could be enough to send her home. I hope not, because I picked her to win. That being said, she has quite the team. So let's not let one poor performance cost her her week. Looking down at 2018 All-Stars, I notice he's still got Michael Thomas on the bench, technically. I think now I realize that what he's doing, he's not really stashing guys. He's just kind of holding them, you know? Keeping two guys on his bench, and then right up till game time, just drop them for someone else. Maybe when there's eight or ten teams left, it's more of a stash play, but now he's playing more keep-away. He gets to lock Michael Thomas on his bench right up until kickoff, and then he drops him, and then nobody else gets to pick him up. It's fucking brilliant, to be honest with you. So, good old Sean, man. I need to have a chat with you about what a fucking legend you are. You know, you've played this pool masterfully. You know, win or lose, you can uh, hang your hat on the fact that you played this pool very well, sir. Cheers to you. And speaking of uh, Sean, the 2018 all he had Darren Waller going on Thursday who put up 30 fucking points. My God. Nine receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown. Whee! Great start to your week. 30 points out of your tight end. Christ almighty. What a start. Wow. He's got some guys in some plus matchups as well. Brady, Tyreek Hill, Thielen, my boy Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, Diggs. Christ, what a fucking wagon. Oh, he's also got the Rams D playing the Jets. Jesus, that could be another 30 points there. Uh, Who's going to go down this week? It's not going to be Megan because I picked her to win. I'm going to go ahead and predict the man in first place, the executioner. Falls to the blade of the guillotine this week. He did make a pretty savvy move. Dropping Keenan Allen right before game time. He got the report that Keenan Allen would be on some kind of snap count or rep count. Decided he wanted nothing to do with that. Made the drop. You know, it's a good move, obviously. I'm not going to take away from it at all. But let's be real. This is a team, uh, sorry, this is a league with three teams left. You know, it's not like he's reinventing the fucking wheel here. The wide receiver waiver pool is pretty deep, you know. So it's not like he had to make some kind of crazy deep dive. Oh, God, I'm going to drop Keenan Allen. What am I going to do? You know, I don't know. You can pick up uh, DK Metcalf, who's apparently on waivers. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin. Like, there's all kinds of top-tier talent sitting on the wire. So he didn't exactly reinvent the wheel by dropping Allen. But I will give him credit where credit is due. It was a fucking great move, you know. Some of us in regular redraft leagues weren't as lucky I had Keenan going in one of my semifinals and was forced to play him. Although I did pick up uh, Tyron Johnson. Could have played him, but that uh, pregame blip of Keenan Allen looking at the camera saying, don't sit me, I, I listened to what he said. I took his advice, and I did not sit him, and I paid the price. But this isn't about me. This is about the guillotine league. So great move, Cam. Well done. Even though I do predict that your team goes down this week. So sorry, maybe in advance, maybe the fact that I picked you to lose will in fact allow you to survive as I don't seem to get that right very often, even with only a couple of teams left. All right, friends. With that, I'm going to wrap this up. It's uh, after 1 a.m. now on what is now Saturday morning. I am uh, pretty fucking tired. I apologize again. This episode was not the quality that you guys were hoping and or expecting. Again, pretty bummed about my loss in TBLC. Genuinely bummed. And it actually affected my ability to do the podcast this week. So hopefully I can bring the heat next week. Heading into finals week. So best of luck to the four teams remaining in TBLC and the three teams remaining in Decapitation Nation. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. Contact us anytime at the Weekly Fantasy Roundup at gmail.com.